Hello, welcome to the AI Ireland podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kelly. In today's podcast, I'm speaking with Lara Kelly. Lara is the head of data analytics at Health Beacon. Lara, very, very good to have you on the show today. Yeah, thanks, Mark, and, and thanks for inviting me on. Lara, would you mind giving me a little bit of an overview about your background and then moving into telling us a little bit about Health Beacon and what the company does? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so, so where I am today is probably not necessarily by design. Um, growing up, I, I was certain I, I wanted to be a doctor. And I think as I, as I probably started to get some life experiences and, and maybe just matured a little bit too, I think I began to realize that, that medicine wasn't for me. So, so I ended up studying mechanical engineering at Trinity College in Dublin. Um, and then I went on and I did a master's in biomedical engineering. And at the end of that, all I knew was that I, I just loved trying to solve problems and approaching them from, from different angles. So, so after that, I joined Accenture for a few years where, where I worked in consulting, which I must say I absolutely loved. And the, the training was great, but my, my passion for healthcare and particularly digital health solutions was still there. So, so thankfully, I came across Health Beacon, and so I moved there over three years ago now. So I was number 14 in the door, I think approximately 14, um, and today we have 50 employees. So, so when I joined Health Beacon, there was no data team. So, so one of the tasks for, for me was actually building our data lab, which we launched in April 2019. And, and I kind of still laugh today because some of those decisions around the, the color of the paint or the desks and the chairs uh, were some of the toughest decisions I think I've had to, to make. I think I'm a lot more comfortable with numbers and facts. Um, so yeah, so we launched the data labs and today I'm head of the data analytics team. We have a completely centralized data team right now and there's, there's five team members, all of who are amazing and bring all sorts of different skills and experience to the team. Um, and we have two more team members who are going to join in June, which, which we are very excited about. So, so then if I give you a little bit about Health Beacon, uh, the company. So, so Health Beacon's a seven-year-old Irish company. Our headquarters are in Dublin, and it was founded by Jim Joyce, who's our CEO, and Kieran Daly, who's our CTO. I often describe them as the yin and the yang because they're, they're so different, but that's what makes them such a great team and it's enabled them to set up the great company we have today. And um, we also have offices in Montreal as well and actually Boston. Um, but I think between the company growing and what's going on with COVID-19, we, we have team members at this stage dotted all over the world. Um, and what we do is we, we build smart tools for managing medication. Lara, can you tell me a little bit about how you apply data science to some of the problems that you're encountering, but maybe tell us a little bit more about the product and what it looks like and how, how, what, how you engage with it? Yeah, of course. Um, so before we get into the data science, I might just tell you a little bit about the, the problem and the product. So yeah, so, so many people with, with chronic conditions, so things like rheumatoid arthritis, diabetes, multiple sclerosis, or cardiovascular conditions, they're, they're often prescribed injectable medications and they actually self-administer them at home. So it's actually estimated that there's more than 10 million people around the world who are self-administering injections at home. 
And it's so great that, that people can do it from their home because it means they don't have to rely on hospitals or outpatient clinics or nurses for the administration. But, but there, there, there are a few challenges, but from my perspective, there, there's two. So, so firstly, approximately 50% of people don't take their medication as prescribed. So, so there's lots of reasons why people don't take their medication. It can often just be as simple as they forget. Um, but if you're not taking your medication, this means you don't end up feeling well and ultimately you end up in hospital. Um, and another challenge is the, the data available on if a patient did or didn't take their medication hasn't always been great. So, so historically, to know if someone actually took their medication in the past, it, it was measured but by simply asking the patient. So, so this is often not accurate. I've definitely been hazy answering if I completed a course of antibiotics in the past. Um, and another method is um, people often look at medication pickup records. So, so from the pharmacy or if it's delivered to your home and an assumption is made that if the medication was picked up or collected, then it was taken. And again, if you think of grandparents' houses where medication is everywhere, um, I think we all know that you can't really assume that just because it was collected, it, it, was, it was taken. So, so those are the two big problems. One, people not taking their medication as they're prescribed. And then also the data around if the medication was taken or not was not very accurate. So, so this is where the health beacon comes in. So, so one thing I should have said at the start was that the, so these patients on the injectable medications, they typically have a sharp spin to, to dispose their waste. And you often see shark fins in hospitals or clinics or pharmacies. They're, they're usually yellow with a blue lid. In some countries, the, the colors are different. Um, and so what Health Beacon has done is we've developed the world's first smart shark fin. And it's, it's FDA approved um, and it's an IoT device. But basically, we took the, the standard yellow shark fin that people would usually use to dispose their injectable waste. And we encased it with smart technology. And so we turned the standard shark fin into a patient support tool. And it actually, it looks a little bit like a toaster on a kitchen counter. Um, and then how the health beacon works is that it, it's, it's pre-programmed with a patient schedule. So to say, let's pretend it's me and I'm taking my injectable medication once a week, it will be set up to expect that I inject once a week on the day of, of my choice and a time, because that's also important. So. So it's not only important to remember to take your medication, but with some of these medicines, it's also important to take them on time. Um, so then when, when I take my medication and drop it into the, the health beacon device, it would take a picture of that exact moment that I consumed my medication. So, so that's like the key data point, right? Um, and then this picture is time stamped. It's sent to our cloud where it's reconciled then with what was, Lara was expected to do. Um, and then around this, there, there's a smart reminder system built. There, there's also a nursing or a care team who can monitor and intervene using these data insights. There's also a patient companion app, virtual injection training, and a waste management service. And all of this bundled together makes up what, what we call the Health Beacon Injection Care Management System, or ICMS for short. And the Health Beacon device capturing that, that key medication adherence data is essential to this. And so, so we've had more than 11,000 uh, health beacons in patients' homes across 13 markets. Um, and we're, we're very quickly approaching having tracked half a million injections, which, which will be a big milestone for us. 
it's 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 so exciting because the problem you're solving we can all relate to that through family members uh, if not ourselves so it's something that in the world we're living in now is so important and just forgetting to take your medicine i say is 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 so prevalent so we were talking about some of the numbers there and over 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 half a million coming up to half a million injections tracked now so you've got a world of data and trying to pick the right problem to work on that's impactful. Tell us about some of the problems that you're looking to solve and how you actually go about solving them. Yeah, of course. So, so there's actually there's actually so many problems. Um, I actually like to think of them as opportunities sometimes to to apply data science and AI and health we can. And, and to be honest, sometimes it, it's about reining in our very enthusiastic data science team a little bit, because um, what's key for us and the stage the company's at right now is ruthless prioritization. Um, but there are some really cool applications that, that myself and the team are very passionate about. So, so maybe I'll just explain two of them to you that I think are particularly interesting. So, so the first one is if we go back to those pictures that I mentioned, so, so just to, to quickly recap, because I know it is complicated. So when a patient drops their injection in the device, a sensor is tripped, and this fires a camera to take a picture of what was disposed, and that's sent to our cloud. All of the data is, of course, encrypted and very secure. And then what happens is the picture is reviewed and classified by our pre-trained models. And, and at one point, this actually used to be quite straightforward when we were only working with a few different injection devices. And so I should just explain here, um, the injection devices that are used to administer these medications can come in all sorts of form factors. So sometimes it's a syringe that, that most people would be very familiar with. It can be a pen of different shapes and sizes or a vial. So, so it's all sorts. So, so basically, as Health Beacon is scaling and handling more patients on more injectable devices, the, the complexity of these models that we need is growing a little bit. And the, the kind of key thing is, if we're expecting someone to drop an apple in the Health Beacon and we get a picture of an orange, um, we don't, we, it's not that we just want to say, oh, we didn't get what we expected. We also want to be able to come back and say, this is an orange, not an apple. Um, and then the other big challenge is a lot of the injectable devices, they look really similar in shape and size and color. And, and the camera, the pictures, they're not exactly like iPhone quality pictures, although future generation products, the, the pictures are getting much better. Um, but so, so it actually becomes less about was this an apple or an orange, but because the devices are so similar, it's like, was this a Granny Smith apple or was it a pink lady? So, so the pictures we're dealing with, it's such a unique data set. We used to use image classification to handle this and to address um, some of these complexities that I'm mentioning, we've had to start looking at alternatives because we need to be able to tell what the device is. If it's not what we expected, we wanna be able to, to distinguish between the devices that look really similar. And also to be honest, after a good few years of learning now is this is totally new territory where we're kind of moving, we're moving away and we're moving to multiple object detection models with our, with our own custom architecture built around it. And all of the models are still gonna be trained in advance and the architecture actually that sits behind it is kind of where the magic happens. So, so without going into a crazy amount of detail, um, how, it's, how it kind of is working is that there's like a, a blue sky model which is trained on everything. 
And if the classification result from that is a low threshold, so, so the thresholds we set are really high. So if the if the, the picture is classified as an orange with 90% accuracy, we wouldn't be happy with that. So we would send it to the next layer. Um, or if the if the picture was classified and it was certain but it, of what it was, but it wasn't what we were expecting, it would be sent to the next layer. And then in the next layer, it's where there's all sorts of ensemble models which are really carefully trained. And each of them, each of the models are only trained on certain training images, but not all of them. And that's how we're trying to deal with the challenge I was talking about of the devices look really similar. Um, so yeah, and then I'm definitely oversimplifying it a little bit here. And I'm not sure the, the data team would be happy with me if they heard me say this, but I kind of think of it like a court system. So if there's, uh, if it goes from what the one judge in the high court, um, then next it might be sent to the Court of Appeal with three judges. And finally, if there's still no luck, it might end up in the Supreme Court, which in our case is a customer care team who would manually review the picture. So, so that's one example of, of an area of data science. And the other one is, another one that we're, we're working on is predicting non-adherence. So, so as you said, Mark, about us tracking all these injections. So, so we have lots of data now that we can learn from. And so, so we're using this data and machine learning to predict if a patient's likely to take their next injection on time. So, so what this means is today, patients' reminders and their text messages that they get are usually scheduled for a certain time. And so the goal here is to actually start using the information um, and the patient behavior from the data to tailor the inter interventions based on what we predict. And so we've done quite a bit of research in this area to determine the features that are most predictive. And, and we kind of have two big learnings. So, so the first one, I think, is a learning that, that all data scientists go through. So, so this is complex to implement, right? Um, and also, we can't always explain why we're getting the prediction that we're getting. And in the world of patients and very regulated healthcare system, that, that's not always like acceptable. Um, and the other thing we've learned is that, um, which is great, is that the historic patients injection data which the healthy can capture is actually the most highly ranked in terms of features. So, so it's actually, it's actually the, the, the most important thing when it comes to prediction. So, so there are two examples. Honestly, there's so many areas where, where we're planning to and starting to apply AI, and particularly in the area of customer care with virtual agents and all sorts of things. But, but those two examples of object detection and adherence prediction are probably the ones that, that I think are the most exciting. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing them. I, you know, I was taking I was taking detailed notes there, and it's 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 great that you're able to to simplify it and kind of give give that problem that you had and how about you went about solving it as well. And you know, they are obviously kind of complex to implement, and explainability is 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 a challenge. I think with COVID. You know, the rate of digitalization in the US has gone up to 55%. And in Europe, it's probably tracking around kind of 20%. So things have just been really fast tracked. And customer care, there's there's a realization now that so much can be done remote. And tele, telemedicine is is I think is here to is here to stay. You know, so it's it's particularly exciting how we can enable we can enable 
customers to have a better experience while technology being that enabler. And when, when you look at the opportunity the next couple of years, there's a real, real, really exciting time to reimagine this. But healthcare is more... Uh, more challenging and more difficult because there's so many different types of variables in it to work on but it does make it even more exciting that when you do have some traction in a positive way how impactful it can be to people's lives yeah yeah absolutely i i i agree and i think um as as you kind of touched on there i think uh while COVID 19 has been so difficult for for so many people around the world i I think one silver lining is that the adoption of these digital tools like health beacon is is rapidly accelerating so so in the space of such a short time um there was like population level training on zoom even though somehow my dad still hasn't quite got there but uh, most people have and things like telehealth as well have just become the norm which has caused a huge shift in the industry which which is great and, and great for companies like, like health beacon yeah because you know one of the one of the benefits in in otherwise really challenging and, and difficult time for for covid is the mindset that we need to to look at things in a different way and we need to reimagine things in a different way and it's starting to question everything we've actually done before and you know the, our customer behavior i love the way you can predict if you're likely to take it or not and you could be you could prevent so many different um accidents occurring um as, as well if, if if they don't actually take their medication and um, so it's a, it's a really really inspiring work that you what you're doing and um, how do you see the future of healthcare playing out over the next couple of years? I suppose it's more of a general question. Um, yeah, so so I guess there's there's so many different fields uh, of healthcare, but I guess if I stick with, with this field of, of remote monitoring and I, I kind of think about the future or the teams, they're, they're kind of, there's three big ones for me, right? So, so the first one would be patient empowerment. So, so digital tools and monitoring solutions, which actually are eventually going to be part of patients' actual prescription with the medication. So this is happening already in some instances. But, but these tools will mean that patients will start to manage their own health. They're also going to have access to their own data and their records. And hopefully they're going to spend a lot less time at appointments and in clinics. And they're basically going to be empowered to look after themselves or, or their loved ones. So that's one big theme for me. Another one which you kind of touched on there, Mark, was the the kind of proactive versus reactive. So so having these tools where the data is monitored and there's alerting systems in place will mean that the patients are going to be diagnosed earlier and the treatment um, to to deal with these conditions is all going to be proactive, which is going to result in, in better patient outcomes. And then the, the third theme, and probably the last one, and I'm not sure if it's a theme or more a success factor, is, is the concept of human and machine. So, so the perception that AI will tackle everything, I don't think that's the case. Um, I hope it tackles a lot. Um, but, but there's still going to be doctors and there's still going to be nurses, for sure. What, what I think is going to be, be different when I, when I think to the future is that the tasks they do may, may change. And if we're successful, they should change. 
Um, and so if we start using the machines and the computers to carry out the tasks that they're better at, so, so things where they're more efficient, they're faster, they're more accurate, and we let the humans focus on what, what they're better at and working together with the, with the machine, I think that's going to be the, the key to success here. Um, and saying all of that after, after the change we've seen in the last 12 months, I don't think I've ever been so confident in the success and the adoption of all these digital tools and the, and the change that is happening um, in healthcare. And ultimately, like what we're, what we're all trying to do here is, is help the patients and help them get better, help them feel better and like spend less time in hospital, really. Yeah, and if we can help people spend less time in hospitals, I think that's a really, really uh, good outcome. You've been listening to the AI Ireland podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kelly, founder of AI Ireland. In today's show, we've been speaking with Lara Kelly, head of data analytics at Health Beacon. Thank you for your time today, Lara. Thanks so much, Mark. Links to everything we spoke about will be on the website. You can follow the AI Ireland podcast on www.aiawards.ie slash podcast. We will find guests from academia and industry across multiple domains. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Thank you for listening.